Shalom. Welcome to the Word of Impact brought to you by Kingdom Ambassador Center. Through the teachings of our pastor Randolph Ajay, you will be inspired, equipped, and empowered to fulfill your kingdom mandate. Now, let's hear the word for today. When we talk about entertainment, what comes into your mind? Let's talk. Give me some wings of entertainment. Music. What else? Movies. Great. Sports. Great. Creativity. Arts. What? Fashion. 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 Great. I did not. When I was even thinking, I don't know why fashion didn't come into my mind. But yes, fashion. So we've talked about music, movies, dance, fashion, sports. 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 When we want to talk about entertainment. Good, good. These are good points. All right. You know, um, I was looking at the definition. It says that entertainment is a form of activity that holds the attention and interest of the audience. I'll, two key words. The attention and the interest. Entertainment is a form of activity that can hold the attention. It can captivate. Take the attention of the audience. It can, in other words, it can steal your thinking. When you read the Bible, the word of God talks about John the Baptist and how he died. And the king literally told the wife's daughter to come and dance. And the Bible says that she danced so well that the king lost his attention. He said, ask me whatever you want and I'll give you to up to a half of this kingdom. And guess what? She asked for the head of John the Baptist on a plate. And this was presented to her. Why? Because the guy was captivated. His attention was taken. So he says that it's any form of activity that holds the attention and the interest. The truth of the matter is that whatever gets your attention would take your interest. Does it make sense? So first and foremost, they try to, you know, get your attention first. And then afterwards, you, you know, they literally just buy your interest or they get you involved. And it says that it can give pleasure or delight. Interestingly, in the Bible, there is not a single mention of the terminology entertainment. Does it mean that there were people not, who were not entertaining themselves in the Bible? No, there are several of them. Like I said, if you look at the story of John the Baptist, the king brought the young woman to dance. You know, when you look, read the story of Esther... The king wanted the wife to come and dance and parade herself before him. It was entertainment. And she refused to do it. And Esther was able to find herself in that place. But the Bible does not really, there is no, you know, etymology of that word that really talks about entertainment directly. So for me, I'm, I was trying to, you know, use my mind and then entertainment. So number one, I feel like entertainment is something that you would enter. And then you'll be contained in there. And then it basically takes, you know, your mind and your ability to reason or think. Is that okay? 
We are exploring the gates. I'm just building the foundation. Now there's something interesting. Take me to the book of, you know, we want to look at the parable of the talents. We want to look at the parable of the talents. Amen. What is the time? One what? Fifteen. You know, looking at the parable of the talent, there is something that is quite simple. The Bible says that he gave them talent. Is that okay? He didn't give them money. He gave them what? Talent. And they were meant to utilize the talent, multiply the talent for something good. In some cases, you can talk of, they say, it's money. But the actual sense we talk about in terms of your giftings. You know, there are three things that we always say that man should give to God. There are the three things we are talking about. Your time, we are talking about your talent, and we are talking about your treasure. Okay? So there are three things that man ought to give to God. These three things, we call them the three T's. It's your time, it's your talent, and it's your treasure. Your time is valuable to God. The talents God has given you is valuable. You have to be able to serve God with your voice. You have to be able to please God with your voice. If you know how to dance, you have to be able to please God with your dance. Sometimes we feel like dancing has no place in the church, but the Bible talks about continually and consistently in, your, in the book of Psalms how we should dance before God with, with joy, how we should joyfully come before him. You know, you know how to play instruments. The Bible talks about praise him with the symbol and with the harp and with the lyre and everything. So, God, listen, God is the giver of talents, and God does not give talents to be wasted. Okay? God does not give talents to be what? To be wasted. So, I believe strongly that the church would have to start creating room for the talents of people to be utilized. Does it make sense? Does it make sense at all? Good. So, we will look at that aspect of things when we, you know, begin to look at the problem of the talent. It's something that we are going to break down. Now, let's look at entertainment. Um, we are talking about gates, and we said that gates, we are looking at the gates that model the society. We are talking about the fact that these gates have the capacity to influence the culture of the people. And I can tell you point blank that if you want to look at the culture of the people, one of the things that is very significant is their music and it's their dance. And from country to country, from places to places, you know, people, even in Ghana, when you come to where I'm from, we being gas, there are some ways we behave. There are dances. When you come to my culture, the women would dance because our women naturally are loaded at the back. So if they are dancing and they don't have the back, they'll put some things there. And then we have something we call Kban logo. You know, it's a dance. And the men will be gathering and they will be clapping for the women. And they have to dance with their back and all of these kind of things. That's our culture. When you go to the Ashantis, it's different. They are very boring. You just hear a song, you know, doing kenke, 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 kenke. It's, it's a very boring thing. Kenke, 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 kenke. You know, very boring thing. And then when you go to places like the LS, they are very exciting people. They have, you know, they have a certain way they dance and stuff. So you realize that you cannot talk about the culture of people without their dance. The Ashantis are boring, I said it. When you, when you come to Congo, for instance, you cannot talk about Congo and not talk about their music. The, the music is part of the culture of the Congolese. It is what makes them. Ivorians, there's, there's what makes them. Uh, what shocks me, especially when it comes to these Congolese and Ivorian people, is how the men can dance more than the women. And how these men use their waist. 
I feel like they need repentance. Seriously. I feel like they seriously need repentance. Because when you see a man dancing more than a woman and a man's waist can turn 360 degrees, that guy, there's a spirit that needs to be rebuked. I was telling Michael sometime and I said, sometimes when I wonder how the Congolese church is. Because there's a level of moderation. But the way these people can dance, I'm telling you, if I find myself there in their praises, I may be confused. I might probably be thinking, am I in the church? What's going on here? But it's their culture. South Africans, something about music is, is with them. You see, when they were going through the apartheid and the oppression and everything, music was a way of escape for them. So a South African uh, will sing when they are happy. They'll sing when they are sad. Singing is part of them. And sometimes when they're even singing when they are happy, their happiness song sounds like a sad song. It's culture. Because the attitude of people are modeled by their culture. When you're talking, you cannot talk about culture and not talk about entertainment. When you go to America, there is this, you know, culture of radicality, of violence, and all of these kind of things. Because the hip-hop culture, the sound, the music, and all of these kind of things are influenced, is influencing the minds of the people. They are gangster-minded. If you listen to their songs, it's all about gangs, you know, gangs and you know, guns and all of these kind of things. When you go to the Latinos, there is something about sensuality, sexuality. Even the way they dance is very sexualized. It's sensual. It's, it's, it's a way. And it's part of their culture. You can't take it away from them. So you cannot determine the culture of people and not look at how they are entertained. Am I speaking here? It sounds like, I'm, I'm, uh, it sounds like you don't get me. Do you get me? We cannot speak of the culture of people and not look at the, the mode of entertainment. In the same way, you know, the kingdom culture or the culture of the church, I don't want to say that it's established based on entertainment, but there are things that can be a church without singing. And, and that's why I cannot accept that Boris Johnson can tell us to come to church and not sing. We cannot come to church and not worship. We cannot come to church and not praise God because it is part of our culture. It's part of the way the church is established. The Bible admonishes us to sing. The Bible admonishes us to dance. As a matter of fact, David danced till he's na- till he was naked. I know you've not really been dancing here and things like that, I know, but you'll be dancing soon and I'll be marking your dancing very soon. And when I see you are not that good, you would enroll in my school. Is that okay? Is a way I'm going to enrich myself. Is that okay? Good. So yes, you know, we cannot talk about culture without, you know, talking about, you know, the way people dance and all of these kind of things. And we cannot talk about the gates without talking about entertainment. Is that okay? Now, entertainment is a very massive gate. Do you know that entertainment is teaching people more things than their parents will ever teach them? Do you know that? I remember those days when your heart gets broken. Just get yourself a Celine Dion song. Listen, cry, and sleep. You'll be okay. Oh, of course. I'm very experienced. Not in my heart being broken, but I've broken a lot of hearts. I've repented. Don't judge me. Don't judge me. Why why are you people judging me like that? 
<laughs> Heartbreakers International Association. <laughs> H-I-B-A. H-I-B-A. Richie, why are you so happy today? <laughs> are you okay? You are too happy today. I don't understand. Are you okay? Since yesterday. <laughs> All right. There's something about entertainment that the world is using strongly. Write this down. It plays into the soul. It plays, this gate plays into the soul. There's nothing that can affect the soul of a man like entertainment. So the world is using it strongly because it plays into the soul. And it can open people to a certain dimension and a realm of influence and control in the spirit. Entertainment, take it music, take it dance. Do you know, have you ever seen these people that play this metal music? How many of you have seen metal? Do you know that not too long ago, something happened in France where there was this bombing. And there was this guy, oh my gosh, I've forgotten their name. Very powerful metal group. They were playing in the city of Paris. And at night they were playing um, um, that, you know, bombing and that thing happened. And if you listen to the kind of songs they were, people were playing, it was so radical that they were actually talking about, you know, like dying. That was what, that every song they were playing that day, and when you look at, you know, these people that are very strange and they were all black and they are gothic and things like that, they can listen to this metal music to the extent that it can influence them to just get up and kill. Just as somebody can listen to a very romantic song and all, I mean, if you are listening to a song like Sexual Healing, a song that says, Sexual Healing, Sexual Healing. Is it healing or feeling? Feeling. Healing. Sexual healing. You know that song? When you are listening to... Listen. Don't act too holy. You know the song from head to toe. Stop acting like you don't know. People are hypocrites. Is that okay? All right. You people are grinding with this song. I, I, have, I have a satellite. I know what all of you people are doing. So stop pretending. Now listen to me. The Germans, if they say they don't know, I understand. But the rest, the rest, I get it. Now imagine feeding your mind on this song. You cannot think of anything else than sexual appeal. So it is that gate that is able or it's very easy to permeate the soul of a man. Entertainment permeates the soul of a man because entertainment promotes self. It promotes what? Self. It's something that is about self-gratification. Okay? So this gate is very powerful because it can Permeate, and that is why, you know, in terms of politics and government, there is a none of the gates that can operate without entertainment. Are we here? All the other six gates cannot operate without what? Entertainment. When there is a political rally, they would bring somebody to come and sing. 
They'll bring people to come and dance when they were doing the American elections four, four years ago before um, um, Hillary Clinton would come. They brought people like Jay-Z and Beyonce and things like that because they know that these people have an easier way of getting into the soul of a man because anybody that pleases you, you would get drawn to that person. Are we here? So entertainment pleases self. It promotes self. Whereas in the kingdom, God is looking at us, not pleasing self, but pleasing him. Entertainment does the opposite. It puts you and your happiness at the center of your attraction. Does God want us to be happy? Yes. But God never wants your happiness to be your center of attraction. Because if your happiness is the center of your attraction, you do whatever you can do to make you happy, irrespective of who it will cause pain. Are we here? Are we here? So the worldly entertainment is meant to promote self. All right. Now, in terms of the world, what is this ent- what is this gate for? Let's write down the essence of the entertainment gate. The essence of the gate of entertainment. Thank you, Jesus. Number one, the real essence. Number one, to appeal the flesh. We have studied when we're treating the body, the soul, and the spirit, the three dimensions of man. Man being tripartite, man is a spirit, he has a soul, and lives in a body. We established that anytime God wants to relate with you, Elizabeth, he comes through your spirit. God comes through your spirit, through your soul, and he gets access to your body. When the enemy is looking for you, he comes the other way around. He comes through your flesh. By your flesh, he entangles your soul and ruins your spirit. The Bible says that God is a spirit. And they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. So God would come through the spirit gate. Because his spirit, but anytime the enemy wants to come through the life of a man, he comes through the flesh. So, when you look at the story of Adam and Eve, you know, the enemy did not just sell the message, but the fruit was appealing. It was good for the eyes. It, it was good to taste. The enemy had to fix their mind on something that would appeal their flesh and eventually ruin their spirit. So, the first thing is that the entertainment gate is meant to appeal and appease the flesh of man. And listen, I've told you, your biggest enemy is not the devil. What is your biggest enemy? Your flesh. Before you bind the devil, bind your flesh. So, Paul said that one thing that I do, he says that I beat my body and I put it under subjection. Lest after I have preached to others, I myself will be a castaway. I'm telling you guys, listen, your biggest enemy is your flesh. Hey, the flesh can destroy your life. The flesh can destroy your future. The flesh can destroy your generation. The flesh, your flesh can take you to hell. I mean, you know, we, we are looking at a pastor in America that has killed a wife over the week because he wants to appeal the flesh. When your flesh is your master, you become a slave. 
When you see people fighting with addiction, pornography, masturbation, all kind of addiction, sexual impurities and immoralities and all of these kind of things. When you see people who are stealing and, and smoking and doing all of these kind of things, it's because they have become slaves of their flesh. If a man who smokes flesh tells them, I need a joint, even if he does not have money, he'll go and steal to buy the joint. Because the flesh, and that is what the Bible says, that we should not walk in the flesh, but by the spirit. He says that there's not therefore no more condemnation for those who walk in the spirit. So, the essence of worldly entertainment is to appeal your flesh. Be careful what you listen to. Be careful what you watch. Be careful what you hear. Because if it is appealing your flesh, it is giving your body a gateway for the enemy to come through. Because we are talking about gate, access points and exit points. Are we here? So, what's the first thing? To appeal what? To appeal what? The second thing is that the worldly entertainment gate is, cre- is, is, is one of the essences that it is there to create a realm of falsehood. It is there to create a realm of falsehood. One of the words for entertainment is amusement. It amuses. It can let you believe what doesn't exist, exist. And it can let you feel like what exists doesn't exist. You know, when people are having problems, they feel like alcohol can bring them out. Do you know why? Because when they are drunk, they don't see the problem. But it's just a matter of time. When the alcohol has vanished from your system, you realize that the things still exist. Alcohol is the only thing that can let you look at your in-law and insult them. Why? Because it creates a certain realm of falsehood. Now you have people that even want to worship, you know, the likes of Beyonce and things like that because they feel they are gods. But that's falsehood. Are we here? So entertainment creates a certain realm of falsehood. In other words, when a realm of falsehood is created, it's because they want you to ignore what is true. Do you know that people would rather go and watch a football match than come to church? So when a realm of falsehood is created, the essence of the realm of falsehood created is to let people avoid what is true. And we read in Philippians 4 that the Bible says that your meditation and your thinking should be on whatever is true, whatever is pure, whatever is just, whatever is holy, whatever is of good report, but entertainment creates a realm of falsehood. So anybody who loves so much entertainment will live in a certain realm which is very false. Is that okay? And the Bible says that Satan is the father of what? Lies. So if you are dwelling in a realm of falsehood, it means that you are dwelling in a certain realm where Satan has gotten the capacity you are in his realm. Is that okay? A realm of what? Falsehood. Another essence of entertainment gate is that it is there to release impure spirits. It is there to do what? It is there to do what? To release impure spirits. I was talking about how in France there was a bombing and you know this was certain people were in the city and as they are in 
the city, all of a sudden, you know, you know, the, the kind of songs and things they are listening begin to release certain things. Do you know that whatever you listen to, wherever you find yourself and things like that, there are certain songs that you listen to that could release some impure spirits into your stream. Do you know that by you watching certain things, some impure, and I'm going to deal with this very much when we begin to look at the gates of the body. Because as you are glued to something like, let's say, pornography, you are entertaining yourself. You are doing self-gratification at that point in time. But what is that? You are not just satisfying yourself, but you are opening the gates of your eyes for spirit to create soul ties with the spirit that inhabit these people performing the act. So entertainment is meant to, you know, make you happy, but it is a place where impure spirits are released. And most of the problems that we have with regards to, you know, bombings and deaths and killings have always happened at places of entertainment. In Manchester, the bombing arena, Ariana Grande or something like that was there. Boom. Sometimes the football match, entertainment, boom. You realize that in these places where people are going to be happy, all of a sudden something happened because one of the things that entertainment does, the worldly, the satanic entertainment, is that it releases impure spirits into man. Are we here? Are we here? Say impure spirits. Say impure spirits. May God bring us very knowledge and anointable, anointed people that when they minister and then they entertain, pure spirit will be released upon the lives of people. Do you know the Bible says that David began to play the harp? It's entertainment. Play the harp to the extent that impure spirit began to go out. I saw one for the first time and I was shocked. You know, my friend, Mikhail Ben David, those of you that came to Upper Room two, three years ago, the guy I brought from Israel. I used to hold, um, there was this pastor who used to be a pastor of Redeemed Christian Church of God, and he had this crusade. I was the organizer for him. And I brought Mikael one time, and people were just sat, and as he began to just play the strings and the harp, come and see people screaming, shouting, falling. And it's not like they're falling under the anointing. It's actually demons going out of people. And we were all sat because, you know, they just play strings, and, he's, and come and see. People were screaming, demons and things like that. I was like, oh, okay. So this is how it was like when David used to play. And that is why I, I can't, you see, that's why with my instrumentalists and you guys, I don't want you to play like you are band men. I don't want you to play like you are some funeral oriented, you know, people who come to play for people to just drink off their, you know, their, their stupor and go to bed. I want you to play with spiritual understanding. Because if it can release impure spirit, you can release a pure spirit. Are we here? Good. The next one is that it promotes idolism or idolatry. Entertainment, the worldly kind of entertainment, promotes idolism and idolatry. It makes people Idols in the eyes of people. I thought it was only in the church that people fall under the power of the anointing until I saw a Michael Jackson concert and come and see people fainting because they want to touch Michael Jackson. I watched a video where Beyonce is having a concert and a guy just touches him here and falls under the anointing and is speaking in tongues. 
By the way, there are satanic tongues. So entertainment promotes. You have to understand that the first commandment God gives to man is that thou shalt not have any other God except me. It's a command. It's something God has said. Because the enemy is there to oppose what God is saying, the enemy will look or will try to do anything possible to ensure that we disobey that commandment. And how does he do it? By providing you with other gods. Some of you, your phone is a god to you. A phone... Like I was telling a guy told me, hey, my phone is lost. I'm dead. I'm dead. I don't know what to do. Everything about me is on my phone and things like that. And you realize that every single day, they are putting things on that makes it more addictive. So entertainment, the worldly kind of entertainment promotes idolism or idolatry. In other words, you know, now football stars, superstars. I'm a very diehard football fan. I'm a diehard Barcelona fan. Diehard. Last year, the Champions League final is, is, the, is the last straw that broke the camel's back for me. When we whipped Liverpool 3-0 and we came to England and we lost 4-0. Guys, I'm being honest with you. Immediately after the game, my appetite disappeared. My wife has cooked. I couldn't even t- I like. I'm like, no, no, no. I'm not going to eat. I don't want to eat. And it's like, everything else is numb. I remember those days, my, bro- my big brother is a diehard Chelsea fan. And anybody who's a Chelsea fan don't like a Barcelona fan. <laughs> because those days... When they used to have Moreno and things like that, it was a rival. It got to a time where me and my, my, my big brother physically got into a fight. Fighting physically that my mother had to come and say, because of football. So last day, after the Champions League, immediately it had been boom. I was like, Randolph, you are going too far. So I deleted my apps. I deleted everything and I'm like, no, 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 no. no. If this thing can take my heart to this extent. The Bible says that I should guard my heart with all diligence. So, entertainment promotes idolism. You see, in the 21st century, when we talk about idol worshippers, it's not you going to Ghana or going to India and going to some shrine and going to dance before a certain shrine and put blood there and come back with something on your face. No, no, no. In the 21st century, the idolatry that is being propagated is in the form of physical human beings. So to some people, Cristiano Ronaldo is a God. Messi is a God for certain people. Beyonce is a certain God for certain people. You know, um, certain people are gods for certain people. And entertainment, the enemy is using it to promote idolism. So what happens is that by you focusing on that, you begin to break the commandment that God says that don't have any other God apart from me. And have you realized that there is something that is very prominent now when people are speaking, they say, she's my idol. American idol. Can you imagine? You're a Christian. You're excited about American idol. When the Bible is saying don't worship God, the Bible talks about the fact that break all your idols. And you have Christians and say, oh, I'm going to American idol. And they say, and she's like, oh, yeah, yeah, no, 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 don't judge me. We have to take the gospel everywhere. And if it has to go, even the name of the program is anti-God. 
says idol. And the Bible says that we should not have ourselves to do with anything that is idol worship. Are you here? I like how you are quiet. Because some of you really like American Idol. Jennifer, I know you don't like it because they don't show it in Germany. Even Hamburg, rather, even Bremen, there is not good at all. For Hamburg, it's alive. But where, where Vanessa lives now, it's so bad. So it promotes idolism and idolatry. Is that okay? One of the essence of the entertainment gate is to lead people astray. To lead people astray. Do you know that somebody could not come to church today because they were in the club last night? Do you know that? Somebody went to the club last night and they are so tired. As a matter of fact, they are drunk and they have hangover and they can't come to church. So, one of the essence of entertainment is to lead people. And say, Guys, listen. There is nothing taking people to hell more than entertainment. Entertainment is taking more people to hell every single day, more than any, more than politics, more than finance, more than economics or everything. Entertainment is leading people astray. That is why you see people who start in the church. And oh, they join a clique, they are playing a band, da 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 And by the time you realize they don't even come to church again. Because it brings them into another realm of influence. It leads people astray. Amen? Are we here? At least people what? Another, you know, reason why, you know, entertainment is there is that it promotes hedonism. H-E H-E-D-O-N-I-S-M It promotes hedonism. H-E-D-O-N-I-S-M Hedonism is nothing strange. Don't look at the English and let it look like it's something that will scare you. It's nothing strange. What is hedonism? Hedonism is anything that pursues pleasure. Sensual and self-indulgence. So hedonism is even something like a certain religion. And this hedonism or this hedonistic values is anything that pursues personal pleasure and self-indulgence and gratification. Just as I said, it is something that puts mankind at the center of himself. Do what makes you happy. There is a song in Ghana that they sing and they say, Charlie, tomorrow we are all dead. So be happy, drink, you know, get boozed, you know, drink yourself to stupor because tomorrow we are all gone. Drink, be happy, enjoy yourself because tomorrow. Some people say, oh, YOLO, life, you only live once. Life is too short. So make yourself happy. Da, 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 da. It's called hedonism. It's the pursuit of personal pleasure. Hedonism is why it's bringing us to the place where everything is getting accepted as long as it makes people happy. Is that not what is happening now? That listen, you know, let us not stand here. If I'm a man and I want to marry a man and I want to be happy, you know, don't, don't, don't fight it. That is what I want. But then my problem is not even with what they want to do. My problem is that they want as to lose what we believe in to believe in what. If that's what you want to do, fine. But don't tell me I can't preach. Don't, in America,
America, it got to, there was a case that came recently about a woman who was selling a cake and thank God she won the case. Because now these people are not just telling us to let them believe what they want to believe. They also want us to neglect what we believe. So if that's fine for you, but I also have my right to what I want to believe in. But it's hedonism. It's what makes people, and I was telling you guys, there's something they are starting now which is called um, 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 interage or something like that. And this is whereby a child who is five years can say, I feel like I'm 50. A man who is 50 can say that I feel like I'm five years. And because of that, as long as that is what they feel and it makes them happy, the two of them are able to have sex. So as long as, you know, their happiness is not affecting anybody, that's all right. And this very movie that is on Netflix, that is the agenda they are trying to push. Pedophilia. Making, can you imagine your daughter of 11 years? I mean, what does a girl of 11 years have on her body? That could make a man of 60 years. So we are gradually coming to a place where rape will not be a crime anymore. Hedonism. As long as I'm happy, let me do it. We are not called to do what makes you happy. We are here to do what makes God happy. Because what makes us happy is subjective. If I kill and it makes me happy, allow me to kill because it makes me happy. When I used to play Mortal Kombat, I was happy. When I kill, there was a game I loved. It's called, oh, come, come, what's the name? No, 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 oh. Oh, there's this game, there's this guy who is an assassin and you can pull somebody from their car. Oh, what's this game? Huh? Grand Theft Auto. I, I was so happy when I could just drag somebody from their car and sit in their car and drive their car and I'm smashing them and the blood is gushing. And then I'll go and get some guns and I'm killing people. No, I'm happy. I'm happy. My, 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 my little brother, Brian, used to have a friend when we used to be in Belgium. The guy would play Mortal Kombat. And play and play and play to the time he to the extent that he got mad. I'm telling you, they had to take him to the hospital and be ejecting him because he now played to the extent that he became so violent. And he said, when he's even sitting there, something tells him to now begin to act what he's playing the game. And what do you know what made me stop playing that game? I used to play it, and one day I finished, and I was like, okay, fine, I finished. I've gone to Shao Kahn. Who's the killer? I finished Alcana. I finished all of them. And then after the game, the credits, you know, when like you finish watching a movie, credits come. And in the credits, I saw the 666. The credits of the game that are rolling after the game ends. And I said, wow. So even in these games, we are just playing. There is an agenda behind. Nobody creates anything in this world without an intention. Are we here? What did I say? Nobody does what? Without an intention. So whatever you are wearing, you are wearing the intention and the inspiration of the one that created it. You're going to come because I'll, I'll go to fashion and the rest. 
And you know some name I can't go to fashion, fashion and not mention. You know that name. <laughs> Elliot, do you still have that shoe? <laughs> I'll come there. Say entertainment. It promotes what? Hedonism. It promotes hedonism. It promote. It does not just also promote hedonism, but it also promotes worldliness. Worldliness. Do you know that entertainment has crept so much in the church that the church has now become worldly? Listen, never in my church would I allow anybody to stand here and lead worship and your jeans are torn. I won't accept it. You cannot wear a skirt that is here and come and lead worship here. I don't care. Call me old-fashioned, but I won't allow it. You cannot show your breast protruded and come and sit here and lift up your hands and say, holy, holy, holy. What holiness are you talking about? Breast holiness or botox holiness? Now listen. The standards of God has not changed. Are you here? Psalm 119, verse number 18, and the Bible says that forever, oh God, your word is settled where? In heaven. Standards don't change. So I tell the young woman, the standards of God for Mary is the standard of God for you. The standards of God for Abraham is the same standard for us. That is why their lifestyle have been written for us to learn from. So don't tell me you are millennial, you are in the 21st century and things have changed and all of these things allow me to dress. God looks at the heart. No, 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 no. Yes, God looks at the heart, but your outward appearance is a reflection of your heart. How can you dress impure and tell me you are pure? Are you here? You are you, you, what? Listen, nobody just gets up and boom. This is not like all those things they are doing on TikTok and people will see shoe and they will just jump into it and they get dressed and they will just jump into a skirt. Have you seen that thing they are doing? They will just jump into a slippers. No, 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 no. You didn't just get up and jump and all of a sudden you are dressed and you jumped. And, no. You took time. You looked into the mirror. You dressed. You picked up what you were wearing. My wife picked up what she was wearing from yesterday night. Was, you know, wearing it today. And all of these kind of things. So you can't tell me you were not intentional about your look. Because what you want to look at, you want to be sexy. You want to be sexy. And I tell women, if somebody tell you you are sexy, go and cry. The biggest insult a man can tell you is that you are sexy. Because if you are talking about somebody being sexy, you are talking about something that is a sexual appeal. So if a man tells you you are sexy, it means you look good for sex. I know I'm going hard. I know. And we've not even gotten anywhere. And guys, this is not a 50-year-old man preaching to you so you can tell him it's a cake. It's very easy for when a 50 man is preaching to you, tell him he doesn't know, I know what I'm talking about. But the standards of God 
For holiness, for purity, for trust, for all of this. It, guys, it has not changed. If the standards of God has changed, then his judgments are not perfect. Do you know, when you read the book of Hebrews 11, the Bible says that even these people that go into the past, the Bible says the Lord has kept their judgment. He will not perfect them until our time has come. In other words, God is, they, they are waiting for us to also come before God will render the final judgment. In other words, their judgment and ours are the same. God is going to use the same marking scheme, the same yastic. So he's, he's kept their perfection until our time when we all finish. So when we talk about on the day of judgment, we'll see David and all the rest of the people coming up. So what makes you think your judgment is different? It's about time that foolishness that has entered the church where we are on. I don't care how good your voice is. If you are messed up, you're in crime in this place. When I went to Germany and I was pastoring in Germany, when I got there, the first institution I collapsed in the church was the choir. The first day, two weeks, three weeks, I told myself, look, you know what? All of you, there's no choir. I will sing. I will be the worship leader. I will preach. Imagine this voice leading singing because it's better to lead singing like this because I can't wait where when I'm coming to preach you've come and desecrated the altar of God and when I stand there nothing is happening they say that pastor is not powerful because people have just come and desecrated the altar of God strange fire on the altar are, are we here? If there is anything we are called to do, we are not called to destroy the standards. We are called to uphold it. So if people are destroying the standards, let us be that generation that say we uphold that standards of the kingdom. The Bible said, God said to Elijah, there are 7,000 other prophets that have not bowed their knees to bear. Too many bowing. Yeah. It's like, oh, let's make it acceptable. Oh, listen, the quality of a church is not based on the numbers. We don't determine the quality of a ministry by the numbers. If it was based on numbers, Jesus would not have called 60, but then walked with 12. Look at the story of Gideon. The Lord was actually telling them to reduce the numbers. Sometimes you have more quality with a lesser people than having a building filled with 10,000 people who are messed up. Some pastors can't even mention Jesus anymore. Go to America. I tell people, don't be so fooled when somebody says God. Because everybody can say God. Are you here? Now, the name that has become politically, politically correct is God. But to the Muslim, Allah is his God. To that fetish priest is his God. To that Buddhist, that stone is a God. So the fact that I said God does not mean we are talking about the same God. The Bible says that there is no name that has been given in heaven and upon the earth by which any man must be saved except the name of Jesus at the mention of his name. Every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus is Lord of things in the heavens, of things on the earth, and of things under the earth. If you can't mention Jesus, we don't serve the same God. If Jesus is not your Jesus, we don't mention the same God. We are here to uphold the standards and call me old-fashioned all you like. Are we here? 
anything to wear. I love Exodus 33 when Moses begins to speak to God. He said, without your presence, we are not going. And there's something that he says that beats my mind. He said, how will the people know that there is a difference? There's a distinction between us and them. Guys, God has not called us to fit in. He's called us to stand out. If you're at work and people are stealing and they are cheating and they are breaking the rules, don't say this is the ethics and this is the norm. You are called to be a Joseph in the house of Potiphar. You are called to be a Joseph in the office of Pharaoh. You are called to uphold the standards. You are called to show that no, what you call normal is abnormal. What you call right is wrong. And you see, how would people see there's a difference if there's nobody there to show the alternative? And one thing I've realized in my very, very, very long 55 years on earth, The world remembers people that stand out and not people that fit in. Am I speaking to people here? It promotes worldliness. Another thing that entertainment gates does is that it keeps men captive. It keeps men captive. People are become slaves and bondage. They become captive. Do you know that there are certain people that are captive to betting? Do you know? There are certain people, they are very hardworking and they are smart, but they cannot do without gambling. They've be, actually become slaves to keeps people captive. It keeps people captive. Let me give the last one and we'll continue. We have to continue on the same entertainment on Wednesday because I didn't get anywhere. Because I have to talk on the Christian concept and all of that. The last thing is that it creates illusion. Creates illusion. Creates illusion. So it appeals to the flesh, creates a realm of falsehood, release impure spirit, produce idolism and idolatry. You know, to some people, Will Smith and the wife were the perfect example of a successful relationship. Until they came out recently to talk about the fact that They've been divorced in their hearts for so long to the extent that their wife is even having an affair. And the whole world was shocked because this is Will Smith. This is Jada Smith. This is, you know, the example of what a perfect relation. It creates falsehood. Hollywood is built on the foundation of lies. These are the happy people. These are the people you have to be like. They are the celebrities. To the extent that People would even go and change their looks to look like someone. Do you know how I realized that, listen, our generation, we are not happy with, with, with how we are made. Now they say, listen, even if you don't do the makeup, when you take the picture, we'll give you filters to change the way you look. 
There are apps that can let you push your nose and, you know, sharpen your nose and point your nose and do these things. And you realize that even before we post our pictures, we edit ourselves. Because we need to look like that Barbie, that Hollywood star, that actress. We have to look like this. We have to look like that. And do you know Beyonce is the standard? And this, it creates falsehood. It releases impure spirits. Talking about what the gate of entertainment is there to do. To promote idolism, giving us alternative gods. It is there to lead people astray to promote hedonism. That's the pursuit of personal pleasure. It's there to promote worldliness. And this is where it's destroying the church. The church has become world. Instead of Jesus telling us to go into the world, the world is coming into the church. Instead of us discipling the world, they are discipling us. Sometimes when you watch some of the sermons, it's nothing but entertainment. No spirituality. No substance. Let them come and dance a little bit. And, and you know, one of the things that made me mad, and that's why I decided that we will build a church like this, is that, you see, when you go to some of the major churches, they think the only way you can, you know, keep the young people in the church is to entertain them. So when they say it's a youth service or drama, people come and do drama and they'll come and dance and your mothers will be there clapping and people say, oh, that your daughter, you see, I like the way she dances. Oh, these children, they love God. (laughs) So you see Elliot in front of the church. It's a youth there and Elliot will come and dance and they'll sing and they'll dance and then they'll do it. And the parents are happy. It's like you are... You, you've, you, you've come to a place where you are performing. So to them, the only way to sustain the young people is entertain them. They think when it comes to prayer, it's not for you. Tongues, it's not for you. Deliverance, it's not for you. Preaching, it's not for you. Entertainment, yes, bring them. We are not here to appeal and appease your flesh. The Bible says that when Peter and Co were preaching, it was cutting the people. To lead people astray, promote hedonism, promote worldliness, keep men captive, and create illusion. We'll continue on Wednesday. Let's be on our feet. We'll go deep on the subject on Wednesday. Because we have to look at some fashion and all of these kind of things. And now... Now I have to look at the church and our responsibility with regards to this gate. I don't know why. One of the things that worries me is when you get to weddings, Christian weddings, and they have no songs to play. And they have to play worldly songs. Because we've neglected this gate and the world people are controlling it. We don't have any alternative. Lift up your I want you to pray for our entertainment industry in this country and our gates. That any agenda of the enemy to propagate these things through that and keep men captive. Want to break their hold, their cycle. The Bible says that righteousness exalts a nation, but sin is a reproach. We are praying that let entertainment gates become an avenue and gates of righteousness. The Bible talks about how we should open the gates of righteousness. We want to pray that Father, let these gates not produce these things anymore. Let these gates now begin to produce righteousness. Lift up your voice and pray with me. Come on.
Thank you for tuning into this podcast. We pray you are blessed by it. If you would like to connect with us, you can follow us on our social media pages under the handle Kingdom Ambassador Centre UK. We also invite you to fellowship with us on Wednesday evenings from 7pm, Sunday mornings from 11am and at our monthly night vigils on the third Friday of every month from 11pm at Unit 21 Millmead Business Centre, Millmead Road, N17 9QU. Kingdom Ambassador Centre, raising disciples, taking territories and advancing the kingdom of God. Shalom and God bless you.